Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you're here to join us, but before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord. Just thank you for being a good God, Lord, and mm-hmm. just giving us everything that we need, Lord, and being faithful to us, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for just being the best God, Lord, and not leaving anything undone, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion and study of the Word in the book of Acts. And we are in chapter 19 and moving forward. With that, can I get a volunteer to read verses, or a couple of volunteers to read verses 21 through 41? Okay, I'll take the first half. All right, honey, honey. It says, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he went into Macedonia, two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but I'm sorry, he sent into Macedonia, two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit from the, to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, But throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now, when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were, uh, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, <clears throat> excuse me, for the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. 
And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Hmm. All right, there's a lot in there. So at this time, hmm. we're going to open the floor to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I just had a quick question. When they said that the, the Demetrius said they, were, they brought them no small profit, was he saying they actually made a lot of money doing this? Or? Yes. yes. And oh, it was okay. their trade and occupation. <clears throat> So if people stopped worshiping the idols that he made, he would stop making money. So then it tells you, is this really about you worshiping someone or is it about but you greed. making money? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Greed is the answer. And, and what is said about greed, sir? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I'll well, start with that, that one. Greed was as, I ado- was as idolatry and rebellion as witchcraft. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. First Samuel 15, 23, right? For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness or idolatry, depending on your um, translation. Yep. Stubbornness as in iniquity and idolatry. And then he says to King Saul, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You see the fullness come here right now, right? Yes. Greed. Idolatry. And all the rest of it. Yes. A rejecting of truth. Okay. It's a good point. What else? Okay. So I'll go first. All right, I promise. So the Lord's talking to me about how um, Demetrius said that the his occupation and those who had similar occupations would be in danger if they allowed the people of Ephesus, um, I believe it's... Yes, it is Ephesus mm-hmm. to um, turn from the um, idol that they were creating and worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord reminded me that it was f- that one of the main components was greed, which was because he loved money that he didn't want to lose it, mm-hmm. which is fear that he'll lose it, um, which drove him to do such things and those who were with him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord reminded me of how that inside of the Bible talks about, this is me paraphrasing, of course, um, that no one's going to have any want with the Lord. And how, especially inside of modern culture, um, most people believe that those who are Christians are destined to be poor people begging on the streets. When it act, in actuality, they have the greatest riches, usually. And... They're one of the most, usually one of the most richest people. And the Lord is reminding me that. Did you have something with Charles? No, you go ahead, promise. 
Oh, sorry, I use poor grammar. They're usually the richest people, not the most richest. Okay. <laughs> and so the Lord remind me of how that with the Lord, um, physical riches are almost guaranteed. Though it's not that you're just gonna see money raining down on you, then you have to do nothing. You do you do have to follow the Lord in everything. Um, you can see that with Abraham. It didn't say that Abraham was walk, wandering around the wilderness looking for somewhere to rest because he had nothing. It mm-hmm. actually said he was rich. He was very rich. So the Lord, um, having our needs met and provision and blessing is um, a part of our covenant with God. Mm-hmm. So rich, when we use that word, we we really mean nothing missing, nothing broken. It doesn't mean necessarily that you live in a mansion, but it doesn't mean you don't. And so either way... The Lord is good and good to all, and he wants to bless his people. Now, at any point, he and at every point, he wants our heart to be focused on him and not be in love with money, material things, stuff. But he certainly has promised to prosper us, and that does include financial prosperity, but it also includes family, I mean, salvation. It includes having mm-hmm. wisdom, social prosperity, um, the prosperity of our family and our relationships, our whole entire household. Everything that we need is included in Jesus Christ, and that does include financial things and having properties and houses and lands and all of that stuff as well. We just don't love it or worship it like the the world does. That's not the focus, right? Seek first Mm -hmm. the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things are added unto you. Mm -hmm. And we have the wealth that doesn't have us, and that's different than what Demetrius was talking about. He was serving the money as well as steeped in idolatry, but only using it as a means of financial gain for himself, selfish gain. Uh, Charles, you had something, baby? Oh, yes. And as she promises looking up a scripture, I was instantly reminded of a scripture that um, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. And the Lord mm-hmm. was just reminding me, it's not, okay, Lord, I'm going to seek this, this kingdom real quick just so I can get to the richest part, Lord. I'm going to do the first step, but then I'm going to really get into that second step. <laughs> But it's going mm-hmm. about doing the will of the Lord, not because of what you see at the end of the tunnel, not just because you want the gain from it, but it's because you have a right heart towards the Lord, and that's what you desire to do. Amen. Amen. Have you found it yet, Promise? No. And something I believe is important for us as um, children of the Most High God is just to understand we live in the Garden of Eden every day. It's the Lord. We go who makes it um, around us as we trust him, as we continue in obedience. He provides all the resources that we need. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and he has withheld no good thing from us. And seeing as it is, it was his idea, and it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, he didn't withhold any good thing from us, seeing as he gave us his only begotten son, right? Who is now the firstborn yes. of our yes. many brethren. So. There's, there's no reason to stumble over finances, to stumble over what wealth is and what it's not, or to be concerned whether you have much or little. Be content where you are and realize that your God will prosper you wherever. And it doesn't mean that it has to look like what the world is doing. And as long as your heart is pure towards him and you love God and not money, that the Lord God truly is your God, you have nothing to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Well, I'll go. I can't oh, find the scripture. Got it? I was, was looking it? up two scri- 
the um, rich man who said, "I'll tear down my barns and build bigger." Oh, All I right. know where that is. But, okay. Um, I did find another scripture I was looking for, and that's Mark eight verse um thirty five through the end of the chapter where it says, "For whoever decides to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it." For what will a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in, in the glory um, of his Father with the holy angels. Well, there's um, Luke twelve eighteen. Let's see if that's the right scripture. It says... Um, this is verse 16. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. Now God can say that you can't. This night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So it's not God is not offended by you having treasure, but you have to be rich towards God first. He's not against us being blessed and our, our, our barns and our vats overflowing because he's promised that consistently throughout scripture your vats will overflow with new wine your barn will be filled and plentiful i'll bless your kneading bowl i'll bless you coming in and going out god promised that it's not our idea but when we love it and we put that ahead of him therein lies the problem so do not worry god is good to us god is good to us so what are you snickering about layla he said fool god can say that you can't well that scripture says don't call your brother a fool don't call him worthless or any of the sort because you're going to be in trouble you're in danger of uh, the judgment and hellfire if you let those words creep out of your mouth so let's just keep it safe and easy i don't want to be accused or have anything to be ashamed before my god over so i'd rather just keep it light and stay on what the lord said now go ahead promise and so the Lord show me that when we first show ourselves to the Lord and um, have a tender heart, heart toward him, then he adds the riches to us. Mm-hmm. And how with that, it's not the Lord just going, well, I know you just have your heart's beginning to turn tender, so I'm going to pour down all this blessing. Your heart has to be already tender for him, and you have to completely change. And then the next point was when the people were shouting this later on to have a different verse. When the people were shouting about it, so they didn't know what they were shouting about. <laughs> and the Lord was reminding me of how um, so far the things we've covered. Um, there was Stephen and then there was, there was Stephen when Paul was being accused and there was also Jesus and said that none of their testimonies agreed. Even mm-hmm. when they said, for example, Jesus they said he would destroy this temple in 10 days and they would destroy this temple. He would destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. It said even then their testimonies didn't agree. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord showed me that one of the main fruits of the adversary is confusion. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know the scripture as I believe I've read it, but I this is me paraphrasing it. That 
um, in the flesh dwells no good thing. Mm-hmm. That's in like Galatians or something. We'll look it up. Keep talking. And so the Lord reminded me of how everything that men have said, oh man, this is so bad, even things that they don't deem as bad, even those, the, as only the, for something to be bad, the Lord has to say that it's bad. If man says that it's bad, then if the Lord says the Lord's the standard, the Lord is our standard of uh, Romans seven eighteen says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells mm-hmm. for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good. I do not find. So. And so the Lord said, remind me of how that was one of the main fruits of the adversary. And that's also a way for us to understand, um, if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit at that moment and looking at, from, at it from a fleshy perspective of understanding whether or not we're doing the Lord's will, if there's confusion and fault with it and there's no peace, then mm-hmm. it's of the adversary. And the Lord's reminding me of how most people say, well, I have no peace if there's a difference between having peace and having um, feeling pressed to do something. For example... If there's a whole bunch of people saying, oh, you got to drive this car illegally, that's not having peace of going, no, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm not going to do it. And I know if I don't do it, I'm going to be right and I'm going to be justified by the Lord. Mm -hmm. So here's here's a way that you can determine the difference. Peace, the inward peace of God is what's supposed to rule, govern us, guide us, right? Help us make our decisions. Let it rule in your heart as an umpire. Um, calling, that's good, that's not good. Yes, go, no, don't, you know, giving guidance and directions. That's inside you, inside your spiritual um, center. Now, from the adversary, what you described, um, the world calls it peer pressure, but I'm going to say that's outward pressure pressing down on you to try to get you and sway you to make a decision without God or outside of what God has already said. So that's how you can tell the difference. The Holy Spirit's always going to guide you in line what God said with what God said from the inside of your being, and the adversary will try to guide you against or persuade you against what God said by playing, applying pressure to you from outside your inward man. And usually that comes through trying to nitpick and put force upon your thoughts. Okay? So that's yes. how we tell the difference. And then the Lord also reminded me, I found it extremely interesting where it said that the Jews pushed forward Alexander to put forth his, um, their argument, not argument, their defense. Uh-huh. And I found it especially interesting because, um, <laughs> um, they're, especially with the Jews, they have been pursuing Paul from city to city and trying to, mm-hmm. um, kill him. And then yet when the Ephesians were doing it to them, they, all the other Jews had said that they put forth Alexander and that they, this me paraphrasing it, that they didn't want to do it themselves. So they put forth someone else to do it for them and that they didn't like the very thing that they're trying to do to others. Mm-hmm. That That's always the thing. Uh, let me read this to you before we close today. James chapter three, um, 14 and through 16 says, but if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. 
For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Oh, but the wisdom of God is from above, for, um, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So that's a, a good conclusion to all that you were saying to us today. Um, thank you so much, Promise. That was definitely, definitely good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for your wisdom, Lord. We just thank you that you have given us understanding, Lord, and that you do not withhold from us. And Lord, we also just thank you that you are the one who allows us to understand what you're saying in these scriptures, Lord, and that you have value for us inside of it, Lord, and that you have a message for each one of us uniquely, Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we also just thank you that we have a peace in you, Lord, that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.